How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, November 17th. Uh, we are one day away from the NBA draft. This is part three of three of me and Cohen's little uh, NBA offseason pod. I'm just talking about what we think each team should do division by division. Uh, Cohen, say what's up to everybody. People, people, what's going on? Um, it is F5 season. We we have our second big trade of the NBA end of moratorium on trades. So getting ready to talk about that. Draft is tomorrow. Looking forward to the draft. Um, lots of big things going on. Yeah, absolutely. Some massive moves happened overnight last night. They came in pretty late, about 12 o'clock on the East Coast when they came through. Mm -hmm. And the first one, which is perfect because we have to start with the New Orleans Pelicans, is the New Orleans Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks making a monster trade, a trade that sends Drew Holiday to the Bucks in return the um, – the Pelicans received, um, let's get the exact trade. It was three first round picks. They also receive Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. Um, Cohen, I'll let you go ahead and start out. I think you're probably on the same page I am with this trade. What do you think about it? Um, I wouldn't say that this was a win for both teams. Um, I think George Hill is a little bit over the hill and me and you kind of agree on Eric Bledsoe. He's been lackluster the last few years. Uh, Drew Holiday, though, the one redeeming quality of this trade for the Bucks is that it was literally a one-year rental. And I think that the Pelicans gave um, – the Pelicans did kind of win the trade in the fact that they received not only two, you know, like average level players, but three future first rounders for a one year rental of Drew Holiday. Uh, just goes to show you how much the Bucks are putting into wanting to keep Giannis. They're trying to impress him by showing they can make moves and they're trying to make this last year count so they can re-sign him on a big Supermax contract. Um, I would say that both teams benefited, but Milwaukee gave up a little bit too much. Yeah, I would say Milwaukee definitely is on the losing end of this trade. They gave up way too much. I mean, Bledsoe and George Hill, they just kind of got rid of them to dump contract or dump salary and get them yeah, out of it's there. Just, it's just to give away the three future first-rounders for literally a one-year rental of, of Drew Holiday. Yeah, and you're not even sure if Giannis is going to return or Holiday. So it could be very, very risky move here by Milwaukee. Um, on the flip side of things, I think it's a pretty good trade for the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans, you know, I think they honestly get better at the point guard position, acquiring George Hill and acquiring Drew Holiday. I think it helps this team be a little bit more competitive in the Western Conference. And now I think it kind of makes this team in a keep building situation. Just keep playing it out. You're going to have two first round picks in a lot of these drafts to come. If Milwaukee were to lose Giannis and Holiday, you could have some really valuable first round picks here. So I think it's a great trade by the Pelicans. Um, Cohen, what do you think about this? Are you keeping a Lonzo ball around long-term in New Orleans, or are you looking to trade him? Um, I think you're a psychic because I was kind of going to ask you the same question. I was going <laughs> to ask you, do you think that Lonzo ball will, will, would start over these two guys? Uh, my answer would be yes. I think he is the best of the three point guards between Eric Bledsoe, George Hill and Lonzo ball. So I would be willing to hold on to Lonzo ball. He seems like his court vision improves every year. The shot not quite sure if it's going to come along, but it's been getting better every year. Um, I believe in Lonzo Ball. He finally hit double-digit scoring this year, so I'm down to hold on to Lonzo Ball just to keep the experiment going. I tell Lonzo, get lost, go take a hike. Um, to be honest with you, Cohen, I am very much against Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball has lots of holes in his game, and the first one is that he cannot shoot a jump shot to save his freaking life. In the bubble, he was – 
Here, this is awful. Two of 13, two of six, two of seven, four of seven, one for seven, two of 10, five for nine. That's two games where he shot above 50% in the bubble. All his other games, he was shooting down around 20% from the field. That is absolutely atrocious. I mean, it looks like he was just straight chucking up bricks. I think Lonzo Ball regressed in the bubble. And I think that honestly, we kind of know what kind of player Lonzo Ball is at this point in time in his career. I would trade him and go ahead and get his ass out of there. Lonzo Ball, in my opinion, is a total bust. I do agree that if you are going to trade, you might as well go ahead and make a move. That way you can get something for him instead of him hitting free agency next year. Yeah, and I would definitely let him hit free agency and not bring him back. Look, I think Alonzo Ball is safe to say he is not the player that we thought he was going to be when he was drafted. Um, I'm completely out on Alonzo Ball for the Pelicans and in general as an NBA career. I think he's a backup point guard who you look for to play defense and move the ball with the second team. I don't think he has what it takes to be a starter in this league, especially with how awful that his shooting has been over the last couple seasons. Um, anyway, um, next up here is the another team that made a big trade yesterday, and it was the Portland Trailblazers with the Rockets. And what did we say? The Blazers needed defensive help, and they ended up getting it there by adding Robert Covington. But from a Rockets side of things, I mean, what do you think about this trade, Cohen? Um, I really don't think much. Uh, this will be Ariza's second stint with the um, the Houston Rockets. I like Robert Covington a lot. Um, I would be willing to say that the Portland Trailblazers won this deal, but uh, it's too early to tell. Um, I was really thinking more so of, uh, of, of the two big departures that we're about to see. Is it really time to get James Harden out of Houston? It, it, like, is this really about to happen? Yeah, well, I think what happened last night is just the beginning of kind of Houston's roster shift. I mean, I think getting rid of Covington really kind of, you know, bumps this roster back. They still don't have a single big man on the roster. Tyson Chandler's ancient and old. I don't even count him hardly. Um, I personally think you just got to go ahead, man, move Harden Westbrook, maybe try to tie Eric Gordon his $20 million a year on with one of those players and say you want one of these guys, you got to eat another one. But I think that Drew Holiday trade, if anything – means that you got to demand even more for James Harden in return. I mean, the fact you can get three first-round picks for Drew Holiday, I want a minimum of three first-round picks with at least one or two young guys you can develop and keep on getting better and better with. I think that that trade yesterday is bad news for any team trying to do a deal with Houston because it's just going to make Houston ask for more and more and more because, I mean, James Harden's 25 times the player that Drew Holiday is not even close. So I think that was bad. I think that was bad news for teams trying to trade for James Harden. If anything, that's good news for – the uh, Rockets and trying to drive up a price for him. Uh, do you see the reunion with Daryl Morley in Philly, or are you more of a going to the Nets to team up with his old teammates type type beat? I mean, I really don't know which way it's going to go. Neither team, uh, from my knowledge, has made an official offer yet. I've been seeing all kinds of rumors and stuff go around. I mean, personally. I would have to have Ben Simmons in like three unprotected picks from like 2025 and up or like 2024 and up. You know what I mean? Because those picks aren't going to have any value for right now. Let them go ahead and keep around their picks. Plus Philly doesn't have their draft pick for this upcoming season. They've already given it up. Maybe even ask for Josh Richardson too in that trade. But I think it's at least Ben Simmons. Look, the way I look at it, I would honestly probably rather steal three later on picks from the Nets, Jared Allen and uh, – Karis Levert and honestly Dinwiddie too. I mean, I don't really think Dinwiddie's an asset you're going to keep around in the future, but at least Levert's a young guy you can build around. You know, you can build a team around Ben Simmons too. But I think that I, I personally would try to look elsewhere to trade with those two teams, but it feels like James Harden's kind of forcing his way to those two teams. I also think you got to be able to get something in return for Westbrook. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's going to take him off your hands, but you got to try to get something for him. 
Um, it's not looking good for him right now because I think your two suitors are the Knicks and then more seriously, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I don't know what you want from the Hornets. I don't know if they have that much to give, but you just want something to make this experiment all for, not for not. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, Houston's 100% rebuild mode. I mean, they had to give up so much to get Westbrook and it clearly didn't work out. It's time. You got to go out here and get something. Let's see what they can do. The question remains for me personally, um, if Harden leaves Houston, are you following Harden or, are you staying, or, or is your fandom relying on Houston? Oh, I'm absolutely following Harden. I only pull for Houston because of James Harden. Now that James Harden's out of there, I could care less about Houston. Let's let's go on to the on to the next team, the Nets. Obviously, I'm a Hawks fan over everything, and we'll get to my Hawks later on in this podcast, but I want to see James Harden win. He's my favorite player. All right. Um, next team up on our list, we'll go, we'll go about 100 to 150 miles down the road to the Dallas Mavericks. And I have written down for the Mavs, be patient and wait till next off season. The Mavs have a lot of these guys like Hardaway Jr. And other guys making a decent bit of money coming off the books. They'll have another max slot open. I think you got to go ahead though, and pair another guy with Luca and KP pair in there, that third star. And instantly the Mavs become one of the scariest teams in the league. We saw them give the Clippers more than they wanted last series. I think you got to build off that just to have a good regular season and get ready for a big next season. We also too, you know, the Mavs don't really have any, um players they can really trade you know so they can't really go out and acquire that third star i think they just have to wait and be patient and you know if Giannis hits the market that's the perfect player to pair with them right there um what i have written down is i don't think that they necessarily even need a third star a third star would be great but i just think they need a secondary ball handler um i'm not i'm, I'm gonna be very consistent in what i say and you know how out i am on um ben simmons as a ball handler he's good but he's not what you want in a point guard so to speak so it would be a, a disjustice for me to say, say the same thing about Doncic. um i think you need a quote-unquote secondary ball handler let Doncic take the ball off the floor let him be your primary quote-unquote ball handler but you need someone to take the pressure off of him whenever teams double him so I just think you need a good 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 guard a steady ball handler someone who can move the ball without you know restrictions and uh, that'll take some of the pressure off Doncic and I mean even Porzingis I think um, it doesn't even have to be a, a, a third star I think you just get a really good shooter and a really good ball handler and you would be fine with that yeah, I mean, they could go out and try to get like a buddy healed, and I don't know who they could bring in as that ball handler, but I would go get the third star, man. You pair another star with Luka and KP, it's over. I mean, three, if Dallas can stack that team up with how good Luka is, you just put the players around him. I mean, it's it's tough to compete in the Western Conference. You got to get, I think you have to have that third star in order to be able to compete and win the Western Conference. I think if you just bring in those other marginal guys that just kind of still sits you in the middle of the pack, do something, differentiate yourself, get Doncic that player. Doncic is an MVP caliber player. You pair one more star with him and you got something serious. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lucas shines so bright, he could almost count as two stars, though. I have written down, you almost just want to run it back with this team and everybody to be healthy. Because once uh, KP went down, it was almost all and out. And then once Luca went down, that was just the, 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 the nail in the coffin. Uh, up to that point, they were giving the Clippers all they could handle. So um, I agree. Let's be patient. Let's... Um, Let's go get you a ball handler. Let's go get, in your, in your opinion, a third star and uh, run it back with this lineup pretty much as is. 
Yeah, I mean, Dallas Dallas is already halfway there. They already have a guy who's probably top 10 player, who's easily a top 10 player in the league, actually. They're so. more than halfway there. They're, they're, they are like a, a single piece away. In my opinion, it doesn't even have to be a star. It, it could just be a really, really, really good role player, a good starting point guard who just knows how to distribute, get guys open, who can scheme Luca open instead of Luca having to do all the work himself. Hey, I think they need to get that star, but we'll see what ends up happening. Um, next team up, we'll go once again about 100 miles down the road, and we'll go to the San Antonio Spurs. And I have written down here, Cohen, it's time for the Spurs to blow it up. I think the Spurs need to go ahead and trade um, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. DeRozan has opted into his $27.8 million player option. I think it's time to go ahead and get those guys out of there. DeRozan plays an old-style basketball, can't really shoot the three-point ball. Also, you have to shuffle between – Patty Mills, DeJounte Murray, and Derek White, who all three play point guard. I think you can deal off one of those. And, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is old and aging. This is a Spurs team that saw one of the longest streaks in NBA history snapped of making the playoffs. And I think it's finally time to go all in on a, the rebuild, go ahead and get some value for these guys and get started early. Yeah, I have the same exact thing written down. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, you could say the same thing about even like Rudy Gay to get what you can for some of these guys who, who who are vets and who could play on other teams who could actually contribute to these teams. Guys that you know, like Pop doesn't Pop doesn't even need these guys. He could get the same production out of a no name. So I, I I have the same thing written down. Go ahead and blow it up. Start the rebuild. Amass some good draft picks. Still play to win. I, I would never tell any NBA team to play to lose, but. Um, get the young guys going forward, get some picks, get pop one last, you know, kind of run as GM. Doesn't even have to be coach as GM. That way he can find a way to make one more push, you know, five years down the road before he retires. Yeah, I get, see. That's what I'm saying. It's It's time. Honestly, I think the game has surpassed pop. I think that the game's kind of passed him by. Um, it showed a lot in that team for team USA when that he was running around out there versus the freaking France team, who is Rudy Gobert on the floor is absolutely destroying them. And he's Jason Tatum in the game at center. And they end up losing the game because he won't put Miles Turner or one of the other big men in the game to box out Gobert. I mean, made absolutely no sense. I'm not even, I'm not even a basketball coach. And I was sitting there watching the game screaming, put a freaking center in and he didn't. And they ended up getting busted in that fourth quarter because of it. I think the game's passed Pop by. I think he's got one or two years left. I agree, Cohen. I'd go ahead and get the rebuild started. I'd kind of tell Pop to go ahead and step down. You can't fire a guy like Pop, but you don't want Pop there as the rebuild. you got to change the culture and get something new going. I would say that Pop still has an eye for basketball talent, and he will always have an eye for basketball talent. Um, I until, and, and I'm tending to half agree with you that maybe he's not your head coach of the future, and, and you may want to have him groom someone for that for that role and especially when there's no real pressure to win he could still be your head coach while training the next up-and-coming head coach and whoever he selects who he thinks could be the next you know face of the spurs yeah absolutely also too got a little breaking news for y'all update the nets are reportedly throwing the kitchen sink at the rockets to try and acquire james harden every player and pick outside of Kyrie and katie on the table via reports um reported by kevin o'connor NBA who works for the ringer so we'll keep an eye out on that I'd kind of like to see that trade go through kind of like how we saw uh, Silas get hired during our uh, episode a couple of weeks yep. ago would be nice yep. to kind of get something official on that um, last team we got to hit on before we get out of here is the or before we uh, switch over to the Eastern Conference to the Southeast Division is the Memphis Grizzlies 
And uh, I mean, I, I, I think we'll agree on this one too here, Cohen. I think the Grizzlies just got to keep building, man. You already got John Morant. You didn't have JJJ, as I call him, Jaron Jackson Jr. Showed a lot of promise in the bubble. He went down. This team still fought hard and played without him. I think you just got to build on that and just, you know, maybe go out there in free agency, sign maybe a guy like Montrez Harrell, maybe try to bring in, you know, one veteran guy to kind of pair with all these young guys you have and just keep building because – I mean, the, when after they traded Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, the Grizzlies were not as good as they were last year. I think they need to replace those guys. But ultimately, I think they just got to keep on drafting and just keep building off that. Um, I, I agree. I have written down here, be patient. Um, get, get some help for John Morant. Dylan Brooks was a very welcome surprise last year with his scoring punch. Um, there's two things that I think are, are, are both kind of good and bad. Um, the, the Memphis Grizzlies have the youngest roster in the NBA today. So that's good. The fact that they've actually won some games and had mild success with these young guys and they can just kind of throw them out there and then let them learn on the fly and be, um, well, one of the more bad things is that they only have one draft pick in the 2020 draft tomorrow. It is the number 40 pick in the second round, number 40 overall. So um, it won't be this draft. They'll have to do more so this year in free agency. But um, I like what they're doing with Taylor Jenkins, just letting these young guys go out there and learn on the fly, forging them in the fire, letting them just go ahead and go out there and play street ball. Um, that seems to work for a team like them that's really young and really talented. I think they have a bright future. They have a lot of good, good guys. Um, the, the only free agent this year is Josh Jackson. Would you bring Josh Jackson back? Josh Jackson has been a head case. I think the talent is definitely there. If you think you can um, put him in the right position where he can succeed and make smart decisions, I absolutely um, would do it. But the, see, the thing is that I don't think the Grizzlies have that structure. I think that it's more of a loosey goosey, just kind of let's see what happens thing with the Grizzlies, which is not necessarily bad in my opinion. That maybe that's just not the uh, the the environment for him. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a shot though. Low risk, high reward. I mean, Jackson all the time has all the talent in the world. We've seen him play well for stretches when he was at the Suns, when he actually could get some playing time. So, I'm all for trying to let it play out and see how he does. Okay. Um, anyway, now let's move over to the Eastern or to the Eastern Conference to the Southeast Division. This is where my Atlanta Hawks reside, and I'll go ahead and jump right into my my team. Um, look, I've written down here for the Hawks: keep building and wait for the right player to go all in on. What I mean by this is, look, the Hawks have so much salary cap space available. Obviously, we're gonna have to pay Trey Young down the road. Um, obviously we're gonna have to pay some of these young guys, but we can still have time to let all these guys develop and decide who we actually want to pay and who's going to stick around long-term and who's not. Also, I mean, the Hawks have the number six draft pick. If we can't find the right guy to trade for, why not just go ahead and draft a young guy? I still think DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter kind of need one more year to develop. I expect them to all to take a big jump in the second half of this upcoming season. I mean, I still think they all need one year to develop. Why not let these guys develop? Take your time. Take this one last season. I mean, look, I'd obviously like to push and make the playoffs here. Go out and sign a couple of veteran guys. I'm not saying go try to tank or anything. I'm just saying just play out with what you have. Don't panic too soon. Let the young talent keep on going and going and going. And then next offseason, use some of your big calorie sap space. Make the big splash. Trade for the big name or bring in the big guy via free agency. I think that's the way you got to do it if you're Atlanta. This is going to be one of the most stacked drafts as I've been saying for the last couple of podcasts and free agency classes next year, no need to go all in this year and waste your money in some stupid contracts. Like we see a lot of these teams do be smart, be patient. 
I think the Hawks um, can go ahead and actually start competing, trying to make the playoffs, quit trying to play for that top five draft pick. Um, it's going to be weird seeing uh, Clint Capella and John Collins on the same team. I'm excited to see Clint Capella in Atlanta. Um, I always hated playing against him as a Jazz fan. Whenever he played for the Rockets, he always killed us. Uh, it's going to be weird to see. I, I, I personally like the move. I think uh, him and him and Collins can play really well together. A few questions. Do you think Jeff T is going to get re-signed to be the backup point guard? Um, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff T come back. I've seen us link to Rondo as well. If we can get Rondo, I'd rather have Rondo come in there because at the end of games, you can leave Rondo out there for his defense. Rondo had a better shot in the bubble. Um, I mean, it gives Trey a little bit of a chance to take some pressure off of him as well. Get the ball out of his hands a little bit, move him around off ball, kind of try to open things up for more people. But if you can't, I'm, I love bringing back Jeff T. I like what Jeff T did while he was in Atlanta. Yeah, I was about to say, I've seen some tweets today that have the Hawks and Clippers linked to Rondo. It seems like the Hawks are going to give Rondo more money, but Rondo would prefer to play in L.A. Um, second question, do you think Kevin Herter can make the jump? Because I had really high expectations for Herter coming out of the draft, but I just haven't seen much from him going forward. Too many bonehead mistakes, too many shots that he's taken the hat and rattled in. Um, it just seems like he's not as advertised. Um, I think Kevin Herter can take the jump in games where he actually stepped up and played well. The Hawks looked pretty unbeatable. I think he showed a lot of good, um, of good, like, you know, the thing is him and Cam Reddish both had upper body injuries before the season started. So they kind of started the season out behind the eight ball. They both got a lot better and were rolling going into, you know, kind of when the season got shut down and everything. I think they just need to try to build off that. I still think that worst case scenario that Herter's just going to be a good three point shooter. He's big too. He's six, seven. So I, I mean, to be honest with you, I never really thought that Herter was going to be an all-star caliber player for this team, but I thought he'd be a good player to contribute to our team and winning. So I'm more so just looking for him to keep building on that and to keep doing that. I like him better as the sixth man role. I think that he's got what it takes though. Um, what's the impact of Nate McMillan being hired as assistant head coach? Because you know me, I absolutely hate, um, I absolutely despise Lloyd Pierce. I, I think he is one of the worst coaches in the NBA. Do you think that Nate McMillan will either help him or surpass him to take his job? I think it'll help him. I think it'll help a lot with our defense. The Hawks had, had one of the, I think they had the second worst defense in the entire NBA last season. I think Nate McMillan will help this team out in that sense. And, you know, Nate McMillan, like they say, he was a role player his whole NBA career. He had to fight and play hard. And I think that he can kind of bring that attitude and help the team out with that. Look, I never thought Lloyd Pierce would long-term be our head coach when it comes time the rebuild's over. You bring in guys like Lloyd Pierce who have been through rebuilds and are good at player development to kind of develop these young players and get them ready to play. Once you get the team in there that you want to win with, that's when you move on from Lloyd Pierce and bring in the guy who's ready to coach the team. For example, kind of like the, like the Nets did with um, – um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Kenny with, uh, Kenny, yeah, with Atkinson and uh, Steve Nash. I think you can do something like that. So I look for the Hawks more so to do something like that. Look, I'm, I'm with you, Cohen. I'm not 100% convinced on Lloyd Pierce, but I like the way that he's helped develop this young team. And I'd let him and his staff keep trying to develop this team. Then when it's time to win, that's when you can reevaluate where you're at with him. Because the Hawks were by far one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA last year, despite being one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA. You would score 130 on a team, but then you'd have to fight to keep them under 140. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens, though, when you have a bunch of rookies and you have no – and you have Damian Jones and other scrubs like that, like Bruno Fernando running around in there as center. That's what you end up happening, and that's what you get. I think Capella will fix a lot of our sins on defense, and I think these younger guys will have show a lot more confidence on the defensive end as well, and I think McMillan will help them out with that a lot. So I look for this Hawks defense to improve a lot this upcoming season. I do really like the hire of Nate McMillan, and to be honest with you, I see him being the Hawks head coach.
down the mm-hmm. road. I don't want Nick McMillan as our head coach down the road. I think the game surpassed him as we saw in Indiana. He plays that slow kind of style of basketball and offense. I think you need a fast paced offense where you can take advantages and tire the other team out. I think there's somebody else who will be brought in. I think McMillan's just kind of in there as a, as a guy that Pierce wanted to bring in with experience. As a quality control coach. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Let's move on though from the Hawks to a team that will be picking third overall in this NBA draft and that is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, what do you think the Hornets need to do this offseason, Cohen? Um, there's really nothing they can do. Um, I think they are, the, they are the leading team right now for the Westbrook sweepstakes. I think that Michael Jordan came out and said yesterday or day before last that he was going to try to do everything he could to bring Russell Westbrook there. Um, it'll be good for asses and seats and, you know, to score some points and to push the pace of play. I just don't see the Hornets making any noise in the East this year. And no, 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 how bad that is, I just – I, I don't see them making any noise at all. I agree with you completely. I think the Hornets also need to trade Devontae Graham. Look, he scored the ball well, but a lot of it was garbage points, and he had a horrible ratings out of ISO sets and other things, horrible offensive efficiency ratings as well. Um, I think he kind of overachieved a little bit. I don't think he's a guy you want there long-term. Also, too, him and Rozier are way too small to defend, and that's why the Hornets lost as many games as they did. I think they have a lot of good young talent. I like Miles Bridges a lot. I thought P.J. Washington looks like he was coming along well. I think they need to use this draft pick to go out and get James Wiseman. Also, too, I wouldn't be opposed to them trading for Russell Westbrook. Look, if you're Charlotte, you got to look at your franchise history. This team has not been very good. MJ is not a good owner. He's a good. He's a very, very good player horrible owner I think you kind of have to look at your team and your identity and say you know what it's time to move off some of these guys let's go out let's get Westbrook and let's be okay with being the sixth or the seventh seed and putting butts in seats like you just said in the Eastern Conference I think that's unfortunately what you got to do it's a lot like when they had Kimball Walker I think they just got to do the same thing again that, that, that's a realistic outlook. Some teams are fine with that every year, and the, and the Charlotte Hornets should be one of those teams. Um, Nick Batum has a player option that I assume he's going to accept. Because, Absolutely. Because, A, it's a lot of money for him, and, B, um, even if he does accept it, they can trade him off and get some assets for him. But uh, Bismack Biombo and Willie Hernan Gomez are unrestricted free agents. I do not see them coming back to Charlotte. If I was Charlotte, I wouldn't re-sign them. Just throw some bodies in there who can give you the same production. Yeah, um, you know, I think that it definitely is something that I don't think they'll bring back either of those guys. And I think Batum 100% is going to do that. I don't even know if Batum would get another NBA contract. I think he played like three minutes a game last year. There's no way he's getting another NBA contract. So I think he's got opted into that. What a horrible deal by New Orleans. I mean, Batum played um, in 22 games, but in those games, he played about 25 minutes a game. See, exactly. I think it's funny, though, looking at these contracts at the Batum contract after it's he's been there for three or four years and seeing how awful the contract is. It's hilarious looking at the guys on these back end of these deals and how they didn't work out. Yep. Um, up next, let's go to the Eastern Conference's um, representative in the NBA Finals, and that is the Miami Heat. Cohen, what do you think the biggest thing is the Heat need to do this offseason? Um, I see them trading back in the in the draft because they like a lot of the guys they have now, kind of getting some future assets, maybe a player or two. Um, they're the Eastern Conference champions. Um, they had a great run in the playoffs, um, a really good showing um, against the Lakers and LeBron. If I was them, I would literally run it back just 100%, do what they did last season and replicate that same success. Um, there's no guarantees that the Bucks are going to be uh, the Eastern Conference 
representative in the finals because they haven't yet. No guarantee that the Celtics are going to do it because they've fallen short in the playoffs. So that he have just as good a shot as anyone to go back to the finals in the East. Um, they, t- today, like a little like 20 minutes ago, says that they fully guaranteed Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. So they are bought in for the future of this team. Really not much to say. You might want to go out and get one or two vets to kind of steer this team in the right direction. But Spolster's got the boys playing good. And um, there's really not much else to say. I mean, just run it back and stay healthy. Yeah, they have very favorable contracts. Those two guys, too, both making $1.6 million. They actually have some cap space available. Obviously, they still have to pay $15 to Iguodala and twelve to uh, Olenek. But the good news for them is that Dragic is now a free agent. Solomon Hill, Myers Leonard, all those guys are making above fifteen or above $20 million right there. Um, Jay Crowder also is a free agent. I assume they will go out and re-sign Derrick Jones Jr. and Jay Crowder. They also brought back Udonis Haslam for $2.5 million. So... I'll look for them to keep those guys around right there. Um, I'd probably bring Dragic back on like a one-year deal or so because, I mean, they still are going to need a point guard. They really don't have a point guard or a ball mover, and there's not really a guy in this one. And then I think next year is when they go out in free agency and bring in the other star to play next to Jimmy Butler unless they can do it via trade. I I personally don't think it's a bad idea to try to trade Tyler Hero. I mean, his value is never going to be higher right now. If you can go out and get another star point guard to put in this lineup, I think you got to do it. I think Hero's kind of overrated, so I'm with you. If because his value is pretty high right now among NBA circles, get something for him. Um, also, you have um, Kelly Olynyk, who's going to probably accept his player option either to get traded or to stay in Miami. And and you got Myers Leonard, who's an unrestricted free agent. I'd probably bring him back. Let Bam maybe play a little bit at the power forward, and then let Kelly or Myers Leonard play at the center position. Yeah, if you can bring Myers Leonard back for cheap, I'm not opposed to it at all. But if you got to pay him those big bucks that he's making earlier, Myers Leonard is like a really good, like poor man's, like good rebounding passing center. You know, like he just puts his nose down and and and, and then grinds. Um, that that's that's what he did in Portland. He had a really good role in Portland. I can see him growing into something like that here in Miami. Yeah, he can also shoot it a little bit too. He didn't get a lot of playing time though with the a Eagles, little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, last two teams in this division are kind of stuck in no man's land, one of them being the Orlando Magic. I mean, Cohen, how many freaking power forwards and centers can you have on one roster and have such a lack of guards? I mean, you got to think. They've said they're open to trading Eric Gordon or Aaron Gordon. you got to think it's finally the season where they trade some of these big men and flip them into guards. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, they are super rich in forward. Um, I, I, I don't really believe in Markel Fultz. So they're going to have to bring in somebody to replace him. If you can Can't get shoot. anything, if you can get anything from him, you, you, you have to pull the trigger. Well, it's not only that he can't shoot it; he just has no confidence as a player. If you have no confidence of a player, then you're not going to learn how to shoot or you're not going to learn how to hit big shots in big moments or make big plays in big moments. Uh, Markel Fultz was an absolute bust of a draft pick, if you ask me, and a bust of a trade for the Orlando Magic. Fournier is really good. I like James Ennis, even though he declined his player option today. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, Vucevic is going to be kind of your your great value joke. He, he's he's going to run things from the high post. and He's going to score you some points from the high post. Um, you're going to have to make a move, like you said, to get some more guards in there get yourself a real primary scorer and get yourself some sort of ball handler who can make things happen um i actually kind of like markel fultz look i'm not going to sit here and say that he's a guy i would build around going moving forward but i think markel fultz is a good player and i think that he is good in small doses he just can't really shoot the ball but i think he brings great energy and he plays hard i would definitely want him as like a backup point guard or something like that 
look, I don't know why the Magic aren't trying to trade for Russell Westbrook. I would go ahead and give up some assets, give up some of these, give up Aaron Gordon, give up some stuff and try to go out here and get Russell Westbrook. I think if you're the Magic, you have to be okay with being, I mean, they're already okay with being the eight seed in Eastern Conference. Why not add Russell Westbrook and at least get to the six or the five seed? I think it would make them that much better. I think he fits in perfectly with this team. They clearly need a point guard. They haven't really had one. DJ Augustine was good, but I mean, DJ Augustine's like a good backup point guard. He's not your starting freaking point guard on a playoff team. They don't have a guard you can go get there and shot Victor Oladipo would be that guy but they don't even have Oladipo around anymore because they traded him for another power forward Nabaka, which was retarded I mean I think it's funnier to look back on this magic team and say why the hell did they draft Mo Bamba when they could have had Trey Young I mean how much stupider does that look now I mean that was so freaking stupid I can't even put in words how stupid that was by the magic um, I mean, they have to, they have to end up doing something here. They got to swap big men for guards. They have too many of them. Why not go ahead and do it? DJ Augustine and Michael Carter Williams are unrestricted free agents this year. Would you bring either of those guys back? I mean, yeah, I would definitely try to bring back DJ Augustine as a backup point guard. He can shoot the ball. He can move the ball well. I mean, I think he plays well as this team as their point guard, but they need a starting point guard. You know what I mean? And they yep. really don't have one right now. They have two guys who are kind of stuck in no man's land. Three, if you, if you include Michael Carter-Williams, um, who really can't dribble all that well, who really can't shoot all that well, who play decent defense and but who have real holes in their game. Uh, go out and get yourself a Russell Westbrook. Go out and get yourself an actual bona fide point guard um, and then put asses in seats and try to actually make a talent push to climb above the eighth seed in the East, which is so easy to do. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one, Cohen. I mean, it is just baffling to me. I mean, Chumo Kiki, their first-round pick last year, another forward, should be ready to go after sitting out the whole season after having a leg injury. So it'll be fun to see him in there. Jonathan Isaac is out for the season, so that kind of hurts him a little bit there. But hopefully Isaac can get back to playing quick. Last team on here before we get up out of here and get ready for the draft tomorrow is the Washington Wizards. And um, it's time. The Wizards got to make a decision here. What do you think, Cohen? Is it time for them to blow it up or keep building? Well, um, in my opinion, they should they, they should blow it up. I don't know if, if the pairing of Bradley Beal and John Wall is going to get you over the hump. In the East, it's a little bit easier to kind of say, oh, well, they got talent, they can score, da 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 But I was reading some tweets today from guys who were at the press conference with the, uh, with the Washington Wizards GM, and he said, quote, unquote, Bradley Beal's not going anywhere. So it seems like it's not likely that he's going to get traded or that's just, you know, GM speak that he's just kind of masking for a future problem, but um, it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. If you're going to build around those two guys, get yourself a good big and then, you know, then just feed them the rock. Don't let them off the floor. Kind of like how uh, Portland does with Dame. Um, there's no reason to sit here and say, Oh, well, duh, 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 you can do this. You can do that because these two guys can score, but, you don't really have anything else to compliment these two guys and take the pressure off of them. Kind of like Damian Lillard and CJ McCullough. It's these two teams are almost like parallel. Washington is almost like a great value version of, of Portland with, with, with no talent outside of those two guys. At least Portland has talent outside of CJ and Dame. But um, if it was my personal opinion, I would kind of blow this team up, see what you can get for both of those guys and just kind of start drafting for the future. Because even with those two guys, they barely make the playoffs in the East anyway. Yeah, well, I like their fact they have Ryu Hachimura. I think they need to go out and get a big man to help with this defense. This defense has been awful the last two years. They need to fix that. I like Jerome Robinson, actually, a guy they brought over from the Clippers. He can shoot the ball well and help them space the floor a little bit. I want to see him try to get in, in this offense a little bit more and bring a little bit more to the table for him. I think he can do it, honestly. But 
I'm an agreeance with you, man. I personally think that Bradley Beal is a guy who can stick around. I mean, John Wall, eh, not really, really that like impressed with John Wall. I feel like that his inability to shoot kind of puts him behind the eight ball in this new NBA. He also has a crazy contract, so no one's going to want to take him. James, John Wall has the same contract Russell Westbrook and James Harden do. He can thank Dennis Schroeder for getting him that one because Schroeder can't didn't, defend anyone. And, and, and they didn't fall down the stairs at home and break their foot to go out for the year. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I think you're kind of stuck with John Wall as is. Beal would be the one you could trade. I personally couldn't trade Beal if I'm them. Um, I think the Wizards just have to be okay with being a eight, eight, seven seed in the Eastern Conference and not really anything else. Um, I need to see more, more of Riachamira this year. Um, in 48 games, he played 30 minutes a game, but I'm going to need him to play more games, get more healthy. I need the Wizards to quit being so conservative with him. I need to see him in more games. Um, Bertans was also a pleasant surprise, scoring 16 points a game. Um, I need, mm-hmm. need to see him, you know, hit the hit the boards a little bit more. They Whoa. need rebounding help a whole lot. They they badly need rebounding help, not just with him, but for other positions. Um, it's it's it, it, it's bad with them they need defense rebounding help a lot but if you're gonna run it back with john wall and bradley bill you need to hit the boards and you need to play a little bit more defense yeah berton's actually gonna be a free agent though in this upcoming class and i don't think the wizards are gonna be able to retain him i think he's gonna i think i saw that yeah he's gonna go ahead and walk right on out those doors i think and he's getting a lot of offers from other teams he opted out of the bubble because he didn't want to get injured and he wanted his value to be up he was one of the top three yeah he's one of the top three point percentage guys in the league this last season so I think he's going to have a lot of suitors here, and I think Bertans will be in a good situation wherever he lands. Yeah, he's a good player. He was a welcome surprise last year after not expecting mm-hmm. much from him. Uh, small forward, 6'10", a little bit too big to be playing small forward. If I was him, I'd, I, I'd go to power forward. That way he can space the floor a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one, Cohen. I think he fits on a lot of teams, and I think you'll have a lot of these playoff teams giving him a call to try to bring him in. Yep, sure enough. Uh, well, all right, everyone. We appreciate everyone who tuned into this podcast once again. Um, me and Conor are getting ready for draft night tomorrow. Um, hopefully, there should be some James Harden trade news out here in a little bit. We've seen, seen all kinds of rumors lately. There'll probably be some other trades that go through. There'll probably be some crazy trades tomorrow. Cohen, what's your plan for the draft tomorrow? Anything big? I don't know. Uh, you know how Cook's a Georgia fan and all that. He told me that he wanted to go and have a few drinks for the draft to see his man go number one overall. That's what I think. That's what he thinks. But you don't seem to think so, but you do know more about the draft than us two do. Uh, we'll probably hit a local bar and watch the first round then head to the crib. Uh, I don't think I don't think any two-lane players are going to get drafted, so I'm not going to wear my two-lane jersey out to the bar. But um, I am looking forward to the Utah Jazz pick at number 23. Um, hopefully we can get some defensive help or maybe even a starting power forward for the future. Ever since we lost, lost Derek Favors, we have been thirsting for a power forward. Yeah, Derek Favors will be back on the market again. Bertans would fit well for you guys to help space the floor and yes. play out there with Gobert at the same time. Would be a nice little pickup for y'all. But yes, I can't wait to watch the draft tomorrow, Cohen. I'll be glued to it. But Cohen, plug yourself before we get up out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Instagram, Cohen underscore Hughes, or at TDD Pod, Daily Degenerate Podcast on Instagram. Um, if, if you like bet, betting and gambling, hit me up on the Action Network. That way you can find mine and Thomas's picks live as we make them. You can see our records. You can see our trends, which sports we're best at, which sports we're worst at. On the Action Network, you can find me at the Daily Degenerate Podcast. Yeah, y'all can follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins, on Instagram at TP3Bets. Appreciate all y'all who tuned in, and I'll talk to y'all again soon.